This is Financial Fitness Podcast, Episode 1. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Financial Fitness. My name is Bryce and today we're going to be talking about financial literacy and how it can make almost anyone a millionaire. I'm incredibly excited to start off today's podcast by introducing Kyle. Kyle is a friend and mentor of mine. Kyle, if you wouldn't mind giving us a short introduction about who you are and some of like the entrepreneurial things that you've done. Yeah. Hey, Bryce. Thanks for having me today. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have uh, I came from a, a blue collar type of family. My, my father was a police officer. My mom stayed at home. I learned at a pretty young age that while a lot of my peers had nicer things than I did, uh, there was there was a pathway for me to to have some of those those things and some of that lifestyle if uh, if I just embraced my creative side and um, and and did some entrepreneurial types of things. So at a young age, I started started mowing grass. Um, soup served me very well over the years, all the way through college. As a matter of fact, um, studied finance at Ohio State. Kind of took the college path like a lot of people do, and. Um, Ended up going into the banking world as a as a lender for many years with some of the local community commercial banks, but all the while I always had an entrepreneurial side to me. So uh, I had started another business along the way. We we rent uh, inflatables and entertainment types of equipment for private parties here in Columbus, um, and it was a good good experience and continue to do that today. But over the years, uh, working as a banker, working with other uh, other successful entrepreneurs, I learned that real estate was really one pathway uh, that, that, that excited me, a pathway that I could hopefully leverage to generate some wealth, uh, not just like retirement wealth, but like generational wealth. I, I, I encountered a lot of people in banking that uh, on paper seemed to have it all figured out and they just kind of blended in with the crowd. They were everyday people, but, but if, you, if you peel the layers back, they were multimillionaires. And the common theme that I found was, was real estate. So ultimately ended up transitioning out of banking and uh, started a real estate investment company a few years ago with a longtime friend and, and now a business partner. And uh, that's where we are today. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And um, I really, I really like that generational wealth that you mentioned um, because I think everyone kind of thinks of um, wealth and being rich as the exact same thing. Um, but I think that's, they're two very different, two different categories because rich, anyone can be rich. You know, you can have a huge windfall, like winning the lottery, you know, anything like that, but wealth is kind of like a sustained freedom that you can have. Mind yeah. I like, I like that, Bryce. I, yeah. I feel like, um, when we talk about being rich, if we're talking about in the financial sense, it's more of an instant gratification. Wealth is, uh, is a long-term discipline that's created not overnight, but over, uh, years and decades and, and generations of hard work. And wealth is something to me that, um, I'd like to be able to pass on. I'd also like to uh, to, to use it to to uh, put myself in a position one day where I don't have to work as hard. Um, I've I've worked hard. I've generated some wealth, and I can use that to uh, to carry me through the second maybe the second half or the last third of my life and and do some good with it. Absolutely. Um, so just for our listeners here, uh, you know, a lot of people you know, maybe might be in their 20s, 30s, uh, and even later on in life um, that don't really have a, a basic understanding of financial literacy. And that's all right, because it's not taught to us. Let's just go over some basics of what it is to be financially literate. 
So I guess we're talking about like what I have to say about financial literacy. Let me, mm -hmm. I guess, let me start by saying, um, I agree. It, it, it isn't something that's taught uh, in, in the schools at a level that maybe it should be. And um, part of me feels like, um, what am I trying to say here? It, it's financial literacy is something that you're oftentimes exposed to by the people that you're surrounded by uh, in your formative years. So when you're in, you know, you start to get it a little bit older, maybe you're a teenager, you've got a fir your first job, you, you typically find your, your financial literacy cues from the people around you, your parents, your friends, your mentors. And uh, the problem with that, because it's not taught, is it tends to pigeonhole people in certain socioeconomic groups. If uh, you, you were, you're raised in a, in a middle class or a low class family, um, you were poor, it's a lot harder to break through that ceiling, if you will, because there's nobody really out there pushing uh, basic financial literacy upon you. And, and uh, so I think doing podcasts like this is helpful to try to get, get the word out. But to me, financial literacy is about being able to prepare for the future, being able to use finances to uh, live off of today, but also being disciplined enough to put it away for tomorrow so that at some day, some, at some point, hopefully um, we're not living paycheck to paycheck. We, we've got a nest egg. We've done some smart things to, to prepare for tomorrow. Absolutely. And I'm just going to actually go over some statistics. Uh, I work at Chase Bank right now. Um, I'm just a simple associate banker, which is pretty much just being a teller. Um, but some statistics that were brought to us were 46% of Americans do not have $400 of savings for any emergencies at all. That means, you know, if a car window breaks, they're going to have to go into debt. Um, you know, if a heater in their house breaks, if, you know, their roof is broken, a lot of the times these people are going to have to take out either loans or go into credit card debt. And that just seems like $400. It's, it's not, it's definitely not unattainable for anyone making almost any sort of income, uh, even in your twenties, especially in your thirties, but it's almost half of all Americans can't even as well as another point made was uh, 47% of Americans spend more than their income, meaning that they are just going into debt in perpetuity. And then another point was 43% of Americans have a credit score below 700. And then the last point here was 77% uh, of Americans are not on track for retirement. And that scares me because I don't believe that Social Security is going to be a, a liable source no. to retire on. Um, I... You know, I think if you're not investing into at least a 401k or an IRA, uh, and for those that are listening that don't know what those are, um, those are kind of individual uh, retirement accounts that are tax advantaged, um, meaning the government really uh, can't take taxes from you upfront if you have a traditional 401k or a traditional IRA. Uh, and for a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k, they can't tax you later on once you're retired. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th those statistics are are concerning, obviously. And I've always uh, lived off the the knowledge or the the statement that the vast majority of Americans are are one payday away from a financial crisis. And um, it goes back to to literacy in part. But I, I also think that we can't sit here and talk about financial literacy and not acknowledge um, the temptations that are thrown upon us as consumers every single day. Absolutely just swipe the app, go through, go through Starbucks, you know, one more time today and just, just hold your phone out and click, click the, uh, the, the okay button and, um, Absolutely. sign up for this new credit card and don't worry about the fine print. We got, we'll take care of you. That, that type of behavior from, uh, 
corporate America uh, certainly contributes to the fact that so many people are living on such a very tight shoestring budget when if they just chose to um, indulge just a little bit less, to set aside just a little bit of money, that that $400 uh, that they couldn't possibly cover in a matter of, I feel like in a matter of months, a year, a couple years, just a little bit at a time, suddenly they have $4,000 in their reserves. And next thing you know, they have $8,000. Absolutely. And going back to what you said at the very beginning, uh, you know, wealth is created from discipline. And uh, a word, <laughs> discipline is not exactly a word that I've grown up to like, um, but I, I do like the word consistency. And to me, they mean almost the exact same thing uh, because, you know, it takes discipline to be consistent, you know, consistency. They're, they're, they're hand in hand. Um, and so I, I completely agree with the idea that you have to be disciplined, especially when it comes to finances. If you want to achieve anything of great value, whether it's physical goals, like going to the gym, um, you know, dropping body fat percentage, hitting a, a brand new PR um, on squat or deadlift or bench, whatever it might be, you have to be disciplined and consistent. You can't eat like crap. You can't show up once a week. You have to be consistent and disciplined with it. And the same goes with your personal finances. I, I like that analogy, Bryce. Um, I was actually going to say something about health and fitness and how it ties into financial uh, literacy because there's there's a lot of parallels. It's, it is. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to put in the hard work. But and you have to start early. I mean, not to say that uh, if you don't start early, that, that there's no chance, because absolutely there, there is. But if you look at people with fitness, if they let it get out of control and suddenly they're midlife and they've never given a second thought to fitness, it's, it's very hard for them to right the ship at that point in life. And the damage potentially has already been done from a nutritional standpoint. And, and just like you have credit card companies throwing, you know, 12 months, same as cash, you, all these offers, you just sign here and take it home today. You have uh, you have the food industry throwing uh, poor nutritional choices at consumers all the time and, and uh, trying to make it even more and more convenient for them to indulge. So there's a lot of parallels, but with financial literacy, if you start young, if you start early enough, just like nutrition, you can build those, those good habits and uh, it'll extend your, your, your wealth, your, your, prosperity, your, um, in to some arguments, your happiness, obviously wealth doesn't equate to happiness, but to some people it does certainly makes life easier in some cases, um, because some of the challenge that you, challenges that you may have, uh, absent wealth, um, are going to be very different than the challenges that you would have, uh, with the presence of it. For any of our listeners that are curious about learning more about wealth, what are some resources that you go to? I know I go to, funny enough, YouTube. I love listening to podcasts. I, I feel like right now, more than ever, we've had more access to understanding really any topic that you want to learn about than ever before in human history. Um, and I considered myself very fortunate for growing up in this time period uh, and being able to have that much access at my fingertips all the time. Uh, what are what are some of your favorite resources? Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. I like the podcast. Um I follow some groups on Twitter. Uh, I'm in the real estate business, so I tend to lean more towards the real estate side of, of things when we're talking about uh, building wealth. So I follow um, a group called Bigger Pockets, for example. They have a great podcast mm-hmm. and they talk about investing in real estate. One of the other exciting things that that we see now that that 20 years ago didn't exist is um, the access to to platforms that allow anybody and everybody, retail traders, if you will, to to buy and sell securities. Uh, Robinhood obviously has been in the news quite a bit 
in the past few weeks. Absolutely. And um, it's they've broken through the barriers, and now it's it's even easier for anybody to begin to invest. And I feel like by allowing people, giving people tools to invest and making it very easy, especially the younger generation, um, it will help instill some type of some type of excitement, some type of desire to want to continue to do that. It's no longer you have to go to your stockbroker or you have to be a, uh, a real estate guru to invest in real estate. There's so much information available out there. You just have to want to go access it and listen to it. Exactly. And some points I want to touch on on that is um, for those of you that were listening and uh, heard him mention securities, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, securities are paper assets like stocks, um, bonds, ETFs. And we'll explain some more of these in a, in a future podcast episode that's all about just the types of investing that there are. Um, but just for your basic understanding right now, that's what uh, securities are referencing. And for anyone that is interested in starting in investing, download a simple brokerage app where you can invest. Brokerages like Robinhood, uh, Vanguard, Fidelity, I think. Fidelity, uh, uh, there's, TD Ameritrade. Yeah, TD Ameritrade. Um, there's so many resources out there that don't require any commissions uh, you can start I'm sure with as little as a dollar buying you can, fractional with, shares. With some of them you can buy fractional shares now which is and there's no fees to to trade. So I'd encourage anybody that just wants to just kind of experiment. Um, and, and when people ask when we're talking about investing in in companies when people ask well I don't know what to invest in invest in companies that you like. Invest in companies that you think are doing the right thing that share core values that that you share. So it doesn't you don't have to be a uh, an analyst to to make good investment decisions. You just have to do something. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. Um, that's something that I've been trying to do with my own portfolio lately is uh, investing in things that I actually use and uh, especially companies that I really know and understand. Um, so, you know, things like Microsoft, you know, I, I have an Xbox. I know their, their business model very well because I'm a customer of them. Um, so I think it's very important to invest in the things that you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And if you don't know, Go out, ask, if you're interested, ask people, ask questions, read up on it. Don't be afraid to dive in. Don't be afraid to take a little bit of risk. You have to be careful, but um, don't let fear stop you. Don't let the status quo stop you from, from proceeding forward and finding a way to do something, even if it's a little, a little bit of each day, do something to help put yourself in a position where you don't have to rely on somebody else. You don't have to rely on the federal government to take care of you. Because the pensions that uh, your grandparents had are long gone. Those, you know, those tools have, have gone away. Absolutely. So it's, it's on us to prepare for the future. And if we don't start now, it becomes increasingly, if we don't start at a young age, it becomes increasingly difficult to catch up. And I don't want to get political here, but I do like that sentiment of not relying on the government. Because as you can see with those uh, stimulus checks that have been coming through, a lot of people were saying that that was not enough for the American people. And that's exactly the point. The government is not supposed to be, I guess, kind of like a handout, like you aren't supposed to live off of the government. Um, mind you, I totally agree. Uh, you know, this pandemic has been, uh, you know, it, it's not their fault that uh, that they got locked out of their own businesses and couldn't go to their jobs. Uh, but I think it's very important to point out that you can't rely on the government to provide for you, especially when you retire. I think you that's a good point. I think um, you shouldn't rely on the government. Uh, the the government is there as, as a safety net. Obviously, there exactly. are resources, lots of resources available, but I'm a believer that those resources are there for people when they need them, but they shouldn't be viewed as a an infinite lifeline for the future. Absolutely. Um, we, we have to take it in, take the future into our own hands if we want 
a say in, in how our lives unfold. And especially if you want to build generational wealth, like you were talking about at the very beginning of this episode. So we're running up here on close to 20 minutes. Are there any, uh, any sort of last statements that you want to make about financial literacy, money in general, I guess? Yeah, I would view money as a tool that's, that's there to, to, to both provide for today and provide for tomorrow. And uh, if, like if we're using all of our disposable income, if we're using all of our, our, our dollars to just live in the moment, we're not, we're not thinking about tomorrow. And uh, that's, that's a slippery slope long term. So it's okay. It's okay to, to, to live and to enjoy life. And it's okay to go through the Starbucks drive through if you want to do that. But we also have to balance just like with fitness, we have to, you know, it's okay to once in a while make a bad decision or, or have some sweets, but you can't do it every single day. We all know what we know. We all know what happens. So it's just, it's the same with financial literacy, use it as a tool, enjoy life, but also always be thinking about tomorrow and, um, don't expect anybody else to to be there to to carry the weight. It, it's on our it's on us each of us to do that. And if we just follow some simple simple rules, uh, I think we'll all be better off. I really appreciate that. And hey, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. I really appreciate you stopping by and taking some time out of your free day to be here with me and um, talk to people about uh, financial literacy. Likewise, I appreciate the opportunity. Good luck with uh, the future podcast. And uh, I appreciate that. Hopefully, we can meet again. Absolutely. Thanks. And that concludes the very first episode of the Financial Fitness Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and tune in next time for when we talk about the FIRE movement.